It's the Geeky Waffle Podcast. Today we're talking about a cursed piece of media from our childhood. I'm Candace and with me is Arzu. Hey, Arzu. Hello. So a while back, I think it was even last Christmas, we were talking about different Christmas movies that we remember from our childhood, and we both realized that we were traumatized by The Nutcracker Prince, an animated movie that was released by Warner Brothers, but produced by Lacewood Productions that came out November 21st, 1990. And it's actually a Canadian production. Yes. So Canada is responsible for my nightmares. Yes. Okay. So implies it is about the nutcracker however they couldn't get the rights to the actual ballet story so they took it from the original short story the nutcracker and the mouse king and it's hit some of the beats of it right i can't say i blame them for going with the short story instead because the ballet if you if like for those who haven't seen it the first half is like the action part it's the most plot driven yeah And like the second half, like once they leave the house and go into the land of magic and fairies and candy kind of doesn't have a plot anymore. It's just a party, really. That's like, that's where the most iconic dancing is. That's where the sugar plum fairy is. That's where like the different coffee and the tea is problematic because that can be like (laughs) where all that stuff (laughs) is. The nutcracker suite that's in Fantasia is in the second half, but that there's no, there's not a ton of plot in the second half. So I don't blame them for going with the short story over the ballet. Since nearly everyone knows the story of the Nutcracker, little girl in like the 1800s gets a Nutcracker as a gift. Her uncle, we're saying uncle in quote, was like, You're making it sound so salacious. He's so suspicious. He's so sus. Okay. Uncle Drosselmeyer can be a sus man. Especially this one. because This like, one. Yeah. Usually Uncle Drosselmeyer is just like, ooh, I know magic, whereas this one is like, where are the bodies buried, sir? I swear, in, the, in every ballet I've seen, he's usually like this, like a Santa kind of fellow. Yeah. All happy and sweet. But this one, he gets annoyed with the kids because they don't appreciate his handiwork. He's doing magic left and right, and he's like gaslighting he's Clara. Just, this Uncle Drosselmeyer is very sus. I agree. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you saw this movie? I don't remember when it was. I remember... I was young enough that it scarred me. Same. The bit, because the at the Christmas party, Uncle Jocelyn is telling Clara the story. This part's not in the ballet, but is telling Clara this story about how, when he was like working as a court magician for this He was king. a clock. He was in charge of was, clock. He just was a magician at court. But yeah, he was working as a clock maker in the court of this king and queen who had this beautiful very vain spoiled daughter and they make a blue cheesecake and run afoul of the mouse queen who hey, played, played by phyllis dillard i knew that voice was familiar i feel like that has to be said which we'll go into who else yeah. is in this movie because it's insane i have some thoughts but so they run afoul of the mouse queen who decides in revenge she's going to curse the princess this beautiful princess to be ugly and that's like the worst thing she can think of this but this is what scarred me because she curses her while she's asleep and like bites her big toe it wasn't the cursing it was the biting of the big toe it was the biting so the The princess sits up in bed and she's like obviously screaming in pain because something just bit her toe but as she's screaming she becomes like ugly and she's not the immediate transformation but she's like green and her teeth are all mangled and like her nose becomes all like distorted anyway 
And then she just spends the rest of like her ugly period, like crying. Yeah. But in my head, I had like misremembered this as her basically being bitten, screaming in pain, and then just continuing to scream. And that's how, if you had asked me prior to rewatching this movie, what happened, that's what I thought happened. So, yeah. Which was just so deeply messed up for like a three-year-old to see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I vividly remember we didn't have a blockbuster near us. We had something called Fiction and Flicks, which you could also, you could rent Laserdiscs, VHS, and audiobooks on tape. Oh. So that was Fiction and Flicks kind of thing. It was cute. But yeah, I vividly remember it's Christmas time. You're like, let's get a Christmas movie. It's animated. So my parents are like, yeah, let's get the animated movie. It makes sense. It all makes sense in theory. And yeah, this part where she gets bit, I had to make sure like my covers were like tucked in to the bed. So my toes were never shown. I, I wore still don't let my toes hang out. And I wonder if this is why. Yes. And yeah, because she cries the entire time. And you're thinking she's in so much pain because of like, this bite. And now as an adult, I'm like, oh, obviously she's just being annoying. Yeah. But as a kid, it freaked me the hell out. And then like they resolve this immediately, like within the subplot. Yeah. Like, Drosselmeyer finishes his story and the princess is fine by the end. But like the mouse queen dies and her son wants revenge. And that's Which where the see? attack of the mouse king comes. You see the mouse queen's corpse. Fine. <laughs> so the whole, whole way, because this is not part of the original story or the ballet, is that, yeah, the princess is cursed. They find out that there's a nut that she can eat, but it has to be cracked by like a bachelor, like who doesn't wear boots. And... He could, like, marry her. Yeah, so then the nephew, the actual nephew of Uncle Drosselmeyer, at least Hans, as they could possibly be related, I don't know. He has a sibling. (laughs) Yeah. He tries it out. It works, so the Mouse Queen's really angry, curses him. He accidentally, like, knocks over a statue that knocks over some other stuff, and that kill that, and that takes out the Mouse Queen. Squashed. Yeah, just squash. And then her son, the Mouse King now, is like on a rampage. And that little rat freaked me out too. The rats didn't bother me because like cartoon rats were like, whatever. No, it was like crazy, determined, vengeful rat king, Mouse King. Yeah. That freaked me out a lot. I think by this point, my brain was so like mentally gone on the cursed princess that like it didn't come back until like we're back in Clara's story. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, like the Nutcracker defeats the Mouse King, like he does in all the stories. But in this version, while they're in the Land of Dolls, after the Nutcracker proposes to Clara, which seemed reasonable, they were 14. It is worth pointing out, though, he defeats the Mouse King twice. They fight the Mouse King twice. There's like, which is more action than ballet. Yeah. Like, I I get between that and the princess, I'm like, you're really padding the runtime here. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So, So they. Defeat him twice. And Claire's like, oh, no, but I want to grow up. I want to be a a ballerina, blah, blah, blah. So all her dolls start freezing and becoming dolls again. This part freaked me out as well. I remember this scene vividly. Yes. And so she's, like, really upset. She's like, but I I wish I could stay, but I can't. And they're just, like, slowly turning back into dolls. And, like, it's that fear of being alone as a child. Mm -hmm. Being completely alone. It's a huge fear at that age. And then 
as a nutcracker slowly like being like Clara, like the rock king comes back and he's even more deranged and he's after this girl and she's like trying to throw food at him and of course he gets a disney comeuppance where he just falls off a balcony and she doesn't have to actually do anything bad they take him out without doing anything themselves <laughs> yep yep so yeah that just those are the two major points that i was like oh wow this movie from 30 something years ago 33 years still haunts me today it's those two bits and weirdly after the first battle with the mouse king when clara wakes up in her room and for some reason she's got like a her a head bandana on I don't know what that's supposed to be. It's a movie and TV trope of like, how do you show anyone has a head injury? You just run. I know, but like, like headband. But so she wakes up in bed and her brother brings her like a half empty box of chocolate. Yeah. For some reason, I remember that scene very clearly. I remember the part going, maybe I've seen this movie once or twice. And then that bit came up. I'm like, no, I've seen this movie a lot. Yeah. I think it, it replayed on TV and everything like that. But I remember the part afterwards, which the Mouse King just like suddenly shows up in her bedroom. I'm going to take you out. And then another scene where she's like, you can't have the Nutcracker. And he's like, well, I'll take out your cat instead. Your little kitten. I was like, wow, that's dark. And that kitten looks so much like the kitten from Pinocchio. I was like, Disney should. Yes. Okay. So it's not just me. I'm like, that cat looks like Figaro. Figaro. Yeah. Yeah. Who is also sometimes Minnie Mouse's cat. And then Mickey's cat too, because. Walt did, Walt just loved that design so much. Mickey and Minnie are a married couple. Not they are not married. Apparently. They're not married. Like, they're living in sin. So they're no, they each have their own house. Have you not been to Toontown? I know they have their own house, but they have an awful lot of nieces and nephews with no siblings. They don't have siblings, but they have nieces and nephews. So th- it's a cover up, is what you're saying? Yeah, Donald and Daisy are the same thing. They have DuckTales fixed that. Yeah. In retrospect, but prior to the new DuckTales, Donald and Daisy have nieces and nephews, but no siblings. I'm like, that's what we're calling it. Anyway, that's a whole other point. But Wow. Okay. Are you just having this <laughs> conspiracy theory? I miss mean, <laughs> Anyway. Okay. So this did not do well at the box office back in the day. This okay. came out in movie theaters? This came out in movie theaters. I thought this was like a straight to home video kind of no, thing. No, this was a theatrical release. The first one for Lacewood Productions, I didn't look to see if they had any others. Warner Brothers had a lot of issues in the 80s getting some animated movies out. So that's why they partnered with a Canadian animation studio. I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> apologizing on behalf of all Canada. But it made $1.7 million in the United States. And it made $2 million in Canada. Which Yay. comparing the U.S. and the Canadian population. <laughs> which is funny that... They separate the box office like that. Because now if you look at domestic box office numbers, it, it's U.S. and Canada. Oh, Canada is counted in that? We're, ca- we're domestic, apparently. D- is Mexico I'll, in there? I don't know. I don't know. No, Mexico is international. Domestic is U.S. and Canada. Unless I'm trying to ship something, in which case it's international. So this cast is crazy. What do you have thoughts about, Arzi? You mentioned so, you thoughts. Megan Follows, who... You will all know as Anna Green Gables from the yep. 80s movies is working her heart out. She's trying like, her hardest. Rent was due. She was rent. Like she is selling it and giving it her all. Yes. She Kiefer plays Claire. Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. Showed up on the day. I get that the Sutherlands are like national treasures, but Kiefer Sutherland had like a parking ticket to pay off. 
he needed some cash. Like he's not trying. This is his first voice acting role. Okay, but it's not his first acting role. Yeah, no, definitely not. And he's supposed <laughs> to be a 14 year old, which I get and the I'm just struggle of like voice. A grown man struggling to sound young. Fair. But it's just, I'm like, we're, wake up. Now, for anybody who's going to be like, you couldn't do it better. No, I couldn't. That's why I'm not a voice actor or an actor. Yeah. No, he I sounded tired. He was uninterested. He sounded deeply uninterested. And I get that this is not the world's most inspiring script, but then why are you here? Probably money. Yeah. Anyway, it's very obvious that's why he was here. Yeah. Another big name in this, who actually I feel like was giving it like at least 75% is Peter O'Toole. Oh, Peter O'Toole did not come to play. Peter O'Toole was like, I'm going to play this as serious as a heart attack. He plays Pantaloon, which great name. Yeah. Who, who cares? Peter O'Toole. He did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. This old soldier who's a bit kooky and he, he gives it his all. It's like the Michael Caine in Muppet Christmas Carol thing. He's like, I don't care that this is absolutely ridiculous. I'm going to play this at an Academy Award level caliber. And that's what he did. I just, I don't know. I don't know. It just. Once I realized it wasn't as scary as I thought, like once it got past the princess bit, then I'm like, oh, this is not scary. This is just boring. It was a bit dull. I vividly remember for some reason, like the swans, like going into like the water and stuff like that. And she has her doll, Marie, like has a, what accent is that? Southern? Yeah. She's just so funny. Maybe. Big question mark. Yeah. But she's supposed to be like the comedic relief. Yeah. She just wants to be loved. Yeah. Which understandable, girl. I get it. Relatable. I want to talk about, let me get here. Okay. Some critics and reactions to real other people. I was going to say real people. Like critics aren't real people. Nah. From Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 14% critic score with seven reviews. Not shocked. 14%. Yes. 14%. It has a 72% audience score, which is a lot of people okay. like, I like this as a kid. And I'm like, have you rewatched it? I don't know if you have. But okay, Roger Ebert tore this movie apart. He said it was one of the worst films of the 1990, which I bet there were some worse ones. Okay, the, let me read what he said. The level of imagination in this story is about as in- inventive as on most Saturday morning cartoon shows. He also added, the Nutcracker is a monster. In the real world, when a person is lacking in empathy that he kills someone out simply for his own convenience, he is known as a psychopath. Why does our society give its children so many stories in which the heroes, not the villains, are psychopaths? Who did he kill for his own convenience? The Mouse King. The Mouse King was trying to kill them. We don't get. And then the Mouse Queen was an accident. Was it? In theory. I don't know. I was like shocked about that. I'm like, maybe Arzy will know what he's talking about. I have no idea. Because I'm trying to think like, who did he kill for fun? I guess the other mice. But they were attacking him. They were attacking them. So that's like self-defense. I don't see how the Nutcracker is. I, I could argue that the Nutcracker is a psychopath because he wants Clara to give up her entire life to stay in a land of fiction. Where she can never see her family again and never grow old and it's basically never land. Like, in that respect, I understand it. But not in the rest. Yeah, I feel like the Nutcracker says Hans, his real name. 
was just trying to live his life. Yeah, like he's defending himself and his friends. And then the other time was an accident. I don't know, Roger Deeper. I don't know. It's not a great movie. I'll give him that. But. Yeah. So I really like this part from Charles Solomon of the Los Angeles Times. So he says the same thing about it being Saturday morning style animation. Sure. But it's more a holiday threat than a treat. These men were attacked by this movie. Like, why are they so pressed? Why are they thinking it's so personal? <laughs> Literally felt attacked. So I just wanted to uh, give you like one five-star review who are not us, obviously. I couldn't find even this person's name on Rotten Tomatoes, but they gave it five stars. A Christmas movie that still ranks high among those that were released. I'm reading it as is. And adored by all. I watch it once a year without fail. The animation is different and pleasing. Voices and well cast. It was you off to the magical land of dolls without being a Toy Story duplicate. A must-see for sure. Okay. Sounds like nostalgia talking, but... Yeah, and Toy Story came out after this. Years after this. I don't know, man. Maybe they thought it was newer. Yeah. The thing is, the animation is fine. I don't have a problem with the animation. There are issues with the frame rate. Like, we watched this on YouTube because someone just uploaded it to YouTube and no one cares. Where else are you going to get it? Yeah, like, you can get it on where it was streaming, like, this is a real thing that somebody would put on streaming. <laughs> and I'm like, I think it's just, like, fully on YouTube. But yeah, apparently there's issues with frame rate. It changes per scenes, which is an issue with animation. It can be jarring. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It's, okay. it's fine. The animation's fine. The, the music fine. has nothing to do with the production, because it's Tchaikovsky, but I like the music. They got the, L- the we- London Symphony Orchestra to do it? Well, yeah, I'm shocked about that. But uh, one of my issues with the music is, since it's obviously pre-composed from years ago, sometimes it just what's going on in the actual story, especially the ending, yeah. which is this very dramatic thing. She wakes up. She's like, oh, my gosh, what happened to the Nutcracker? And she's not there. So she runs to her uncle's house, her uncle's, like, clock store thing. And the music's so dramatic, and it's rising and rising, even though this... It's like pacing slowly. And I love how she's like pounding on the door and the uncle looks at the window and he's like smiling like, oh, yes, she's panicked. I enjoy this. I like seeing people in pain. Look, because he's a psychopath. He's the psychopath. Oh, wait. So, yeah, the music rising, everything like that. She's like, oh, the Nutcracker's gone. I'm so sorry. Where is he? And then the human version of the Nutcracker comes out. Who He's doing manual labor. He's been human again, probably just for a few hours. But his uncle already put him back to work. Like this boy. He's a psychopath. This boy needs a break. And it ends with him, the hound saying like, hi, Clara. And she's like, hi, boss. Nutcracker. And I really wanted to be like, what? <laughs> that's not my name. <laughs> that's not my name. Because she's like calling him Nutcracker the entire time. And I'm like, even though he heard, has a name. You heard the story where your uncle said his name. It's not Beauty and the Beast where they forgot to give him a name. He has mm-hmm. a name. He definitely has a name. I don't know. But yeah, you're right. The like the placement of the music was a little weird. Like sometimes I thought it worked really well and sometimes Yeah. They gave one of the songs lyrics. Um, oh yeah. Which is weird. It's the Waltz of the Flowers. It's one of the ones that is used a lot. Yeah, it's the, like- the Waltz of the Flowers. It's the one that I think like if you're not thinking of the Sugar Plum Fairy from the Nutcracker, you're probably thinking of Waltz of the Flowers. Yeah. So that's what it is. 
Okay. So I'm rereading the full review from Roger Ebert. Okay. And he is like really upset about violence in like kid movies and TV shows. So he's that's like, a valid thing to be upset about. I feel like if you're that angry at this movie, your anger might be a bit misplaced. He's like the its climax is a battle to the death. Why was that necessary? And why are fight scenes and violence now so routine and children's films and TV? In real life, a person who believes he cannot win without of his opponent is seen as, as a monster. This is one of those things where I'm like, yes, but is this the hill you wanted to die on? Yeah, he says so many fables that we feed our children is the problem is the villain is alive and the solution is they're not. Which, it's the Mouse King and the Nutcracker. It's part of the story. And again, you can take issue with the story, but... That's the story as presented. The Mouse King comes for them. They defeat the Mouse King. Roger Ebert wanted them all the Mouse King. Yeah. Roger Ebert wanted them all to go to group therapy at the end. A good idea, but yeah. I'm like, I need to think of Roger Ebert calling for people to, for everybody to go to therapy like 33 years ago. Yeah, in 1990. I am shocked you are not bringing up Kylo Ren Ben Solo. Why would I? Because villains <laughs> have to be like that is a whole other conversation, and we okay. can have that conversation. No, but but yes, I, they should be redeemed. I thought you were holding back or something. No, but but I'm trying not to distract from the nut because the nutcracker doesn't have all that much in common with Kylo Ren. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here. Okay, he was an apprentice to his uncle, and his uncle. Oh my god. Yeah. No, he was an apprentice to his uncle, and then his uncle's like do this thing and like puts too much pressure on him and the pressure causes him to change either into Kylo Ren or into the Nutcracker. And yes. And both times it was like something from an outside evil force. Yes. Okay. And then the descendant of that evil force, be it Snoke or the mouse King are now coming for. Yes. Oh my God. He's still been solo coded. <laughs> That's it. That's basically the plot. Yeah. This, this the- Nutcracker specifically. And then he turns into the Nutcracker in the Land of Dolls, which is basically Ben dying in Ray's arms on Exegol. And then she goes back to the real world. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so devastated. And then she like sees him again, which is an artist's fan fiction. Yeah. And he remembers her. <laughs> basically, she calls Nutcracker. Ben Solo's coming back because of this movie. Be- that this movie confirms it. Yeah. Thank you, Candy. I hadn't even thought of that. Except in this movie, I don't feel like his uncle is pressuring him to save the princess. He's doing it because they're like, have an executioner following the uncle around. Okay, but like, executioner, the force. It's, it's something force else that is causing that. the uncle. Pre- in, in this one, in Drosselmeyer's case, it's the threat of the executioner. And in Luke Skywalker's case, it's the threat and the looming memory of what Palpatine did to Vader. Okay, we're off topic. We are, listen, this is so Ben Solo coded. I think what we realized was not as frightening as we remember as not kids. Nearly as scary as I thought it was. I still don't want anything or anyone to bite one of my toes. No. That's a no. no. And yeah, I. If you want fine. a better version of the Nutcracker, <laughs> any version, but one, go check out your local ballet company because mm-hmm. all of them are doing the Nutcracker. And two, there is a DVD recording of the New York City Ballet dancing the Nutcracker. It's from like 1994, 1993. Macaulay Culkin is in it. 
Oh, it's that one. I remember that one. Macaulay Falcon's in it, but so are a lot of big names from the New York City Ballet. Yes. It's and Kevin Klein's doing the narration. Just off just in the beginning. But it's a really nice production. So if you want to see the Nutcracker and ballet, because it can get very expensive. That's why I'm not going this year. Ballet can be cost prohibitive, but that's a there's not a way to see the New York City Valley do it. Yeah, and it's filmed really well. It was released mm-hmm. theatrically. So multi cameras, you get the whole you get the whole thing. You know what? I'm guessing probably Barbie Nutcracker is better than this. Any nutcracker is better than this. <laughs> no, okay. The I'm nutcracker not- I have sitting downstairs on the mantelpiece is better than this. You just like take a short video of him, be like better than the nutcracker. Walk him back and forth in front of the camera, be like, there you go. Yeah. So I think that's it. It was such a short movie. I don't know what else we can say about it. Don't do it. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Don't, don't let your it. children watch it because don't this stayed with both yeah. of us. And we're in our 30s now. Don't let your kids watch it, but you should watch it. Just once. You know what we're talking about. And wear socks. Cover your feet. Yeah. Watch it and don't let the mice bite your toes. On that note, we hope you all have a happy holiday. Stay safe. Happy and yeah, stay geeky.